Hey everyone, it's Andy and Phil. We're your co-hosts for the Burning Creative Podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we're the partners over at Muddy Shutter Media and we're excited to have you listening to our show. This is a podcast about creativity, inspiration, and passion in the creative community. This show is sponsored and supported by MSM and therefore, no ads, all talk. We hope you enjoy the content and don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow our Instagram page at Burning Creative Podcast. Jumping right in, let's introduce today's guest. All right, everyone. Today, we have the honor of having Caleb White and John Hafner on the show from Grit Media. Guys, how's it going? Andy, thanks good, for having good. us. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Yep, absolutely. So for those of you guys that do not know Grit, these guys are the dynamic duo that has shot for Filson, uh, Under Armour, uh, Field and Stream, and, and just a whole breadth of different content and, and imagery. So you know, with that being said, do you guys want to kind of go in and give, you know, everybody a little backstory to Grit as well as individually? Sure. John, you want to start with yourself? Yeah, I can do that. So yeah, John Hafner, full-time photographer. My wife and I live just south of Missoula, Montana. Been behind the camera for about 15 years. Been self-employed for like 11 of those 15. And, and Caleb and I joined forces about 15 or 16 months ago to start Grit Media. Caleb's based in Nebraska. Like I said, I'm in Montana. And we just thought it was time to, to pool resources, pool talent, offer clients. Just kind of a dynamic two-shooter approach. We have a very similar style for shooting and editing. So yeah, it's been great. It's been great to team up and, and just double the manpower, double the drive, double the effort. Double the weight. Double, double the weight too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or triple the weight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's great. You know, we um, are kind of our bread and butter has for each of us individually and collectively with grit has been hunting and fishing and tactical clients like that. We made a push in recent months to, to go beyond that, but we got our, we cut our teeth um, on hunts and, and fishing trips, you know, like, like a lot of listeners here. And, and we've been blessed to shoot together for Cabela's and other clients. When Caleb worked at Cabela's, we teamed up and we shot all over the globe, like Africa, Australia, Belize, Costa Rica, Austria, some really cool places. So Got a got a grounding and just over the shoulder pure documentary. We both just thrive on like unapologetic storytelling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I guess just to add Caleb White. I'm born and raised in Nebraska. I'm from Lincoln. Lived out in Sydney, Nebraska, for about five six years, and then moved back to Lincoln. I've got a degree in fine art. And this is uh, what I would call my second career. <laughs> so I, w- I worked for Cabela's for uh, over a decade, uh, managing the Signature Outdoor Adventure Program. So that's where John and I met, like he said. And I was fortunate enough to not only have a degree in background, but uh, also from a composition standpoint, work on design and brand management. And, and so that's right up my wheelhouse as well, along with the photography, the imagery mm-hmm. side. So, yep, photographer, cinematographer, pornographer. <laughs> we don't shoot that kind of stuff anymore. From, <laughs> anymore, right? Yeah, anymore. And, that, and that's and that's why you can only see from the chest up. All right. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, everybody, stand up. Let's see who's wearing pants. Who's, or not. Uh, two hands. Two hands. <laughs> yeah, two hands. <laughs> no, I, so, I promise you, I'm wearing pants. I, but that was on, I was on set a half hour ago. I just did a client shoot this morning. Uh, rolled in, checked my mail, got the headset. Here I am. So. 
Yeah, yeah it's, for but sure. like, like I'll just add this. Like, like Caleb said, his background in fine art, brand management. I've got a master's degree in photojournalism, so we, we bring mm-hmm. a lot of different different perspectives, different expertise to the table. Our approach has been, and probably always will be, just you know, being humble and working hard. Mm-hmm. We both believe that, that humility is a great trait in life and in business. You yeah. know, it's at the end of the day, man, it's just photography. And, and we're blessed to tell stories for clients that trust us to yeah. convey what their brand embodies. And so it's, it's a responsibility and, and a privilege that we really don't take lightly. You know, we love what yeah. we do and we're kind of just fueled by a, a drive to be in the trenches and just produce great content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I was on your website and watched your, your sizzle reel probably like 20 times. And, you know, the, the biggest thing for me was that tagline where if you're not evoking an emotion in people, you know, you guys would have failed, you know, that that's stuck with me so much. You know, it's like, if you're not drawing out that emotion from someone, then like you said, yeah, you, you kind of feel that, that responsibility for your client, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's I, right. I'm so glad that you said that the humility part and working hard is, is at the core of what you guys do because I think nowadays, and I say nowadays as a relative term, but mm-hmm. you get a lot of people that just kind of want to do these one-offs or they just want to come in and shoot for a client and kind of have no regard for things other than the monetary value or, or, Oh, you know, I'm just going to go in and, and take a picture and then be done or, or, yeah. Hey, I'll trade some, you know, some product for, for a shoot or whatever. Yeah. And we're not going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole just yet. Right. Um, right. Right. We'll get there. But, yeah. but you know, it's, uh, that's so important that, that, that core of, of, of client and visual media or photographer relationship is, is, you know, your client has to trust you and they yeah. have to trust that you're going to work extremely hard for them. And it's, I'm going to tie this in somehow because this is kind of like going off on a tangent, but you guys, no, good. you were talking about this two-shooter approach, right? Mm-hmm, you guys yeah. are going to work twice as hard. You guys yeah. have twice the talent. You guys have, you know, twice everything, you know? Yeah. So I think that really resonates with people and they see that, you know, you guys are named grit for a reason, right? And you guys are just unapologetically working extremely hard and unapologetically telling these stories. Thanks. So yeah, to we... me, that's that's super interesting. Thank you. And, and so how was it like when you guys first started working together oh it was he was so annoying man (laughs) like i just felt like a full-time babysitter no yeah he just wasn't wearing any pants that That was yeah it was always no pants on (laughs) it's uh it's good i I think it was because we we had a strong friendship going into this and so we we knew that you know the workflow should be pretty seamless pretty solid right i think our first shoot was for filson right caleb i think it It was. was yeah that was February of 20 or early March of 2018. You know, it was, it was here in Montana in the Pintler mountains. It was frigid, just freezing cold. We had wall tents and former Navy SEALs and a country singer and just this motley crew of really cool people. Mm-hmm. When you work with a brand like Filson, you can expect authenticity and you have to convey right. that authenticity. You know, those guys, yep. I always tell people like, I think one of the keys to being a business is just staying in your lane, you know, and, and Filson, yeah. Filson has always just stayed in their lane. So, yep. so we were charged with conveying that authenticity and just that integrity and just the, the whole connotation of the, the, what the Filson brand embodies. So that was, right. it was cool. So we, I think it was three days, just campfires and wall tents and dogs. And it was fun, man. It was a good, it was a good shoot. That was one of our first shoots where we both shot Fujifilm together and we shot some medium yeah. format stuff and got to play with some cool new gear. And yeah, I think we came out of the gate with a really cool collaboration as far as grit is concerned. We had a great start. 
Yeah, we were pretty fortunate. Besides my clothes not showing up on set, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was uh, on week two of back-to-back shoots. But it was yeah. yeah we we just yeah. I mean we we hit the ground running. Yeah. And John and my personalities were 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 different, but we're very similar, and and we complement each other well. And yeah. if one person's not thinking it, the other person is, and or that person is about to say it, and it, and it's odd. You know, we'll, we'll look at each other and say, are you running the 16? Okay, I'm going to run, you know, the, the 56. And it's just, yeah. it just clicks. It flows really, really well on set. So Pretty intuitive, yeah. I think that we would both classify ourselves as, as really confident, but never cocky. And mm-hmm. there's a big, big difference. You mm-hmm. know? Huge difference. If a client is going to invest more or, or in some cases double to have two shooters, mm-hmm. then we feel even an extra sense of responsibility. Like, let's approaches with absolute vision, creativity, drive, but don't ever be cocky. There's a lot of photographers out there, you know, yeah. so we just appreciate yeah. every opportunity, big or small. And yeah, we just, like I said, feel a, a great sense of gratitude and, mm-hmm. and satisfaction when a client trusts us to convey their story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think the other, it's, it's, the other piece to it is too, is, you know, just coming from a job that I had with a paycheck that was here, you know, bi-monthly, Mm-hmm. You have that steady income and yeah. when you're thrown into a situation, it's, it's either sink or swim. And Absolutely. when your family depends on it and John's been doing this longer than I have, it's, it's either do it or you don't. And I told my mm-hmm. wife, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm either going to make this work or I'm going to go flip burgers or do construction or, or whatever. I'll, yep. I'll find a make a way to make this work. And so, yep. yeah, we yeah. came out of the gate really, really strong. That's a good point though. Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, you've got to go all in with with this, you know, my background, I I spent about five years at Realtree Mm -hmm. back in the day when a lot of the documentary shows like Realtree Road Trips were debuting. And so that's kind of the culture that I grew up in in the hunting industry with like photographing Michael Waddell on hunts and doing cool stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then I went to Hoyt. And so to Caleb's point, you know, I was used to a steady paycheck in the hunting industry for a decade. Sure. And I was I was the guy that would take photographers and video guys on hunts and, and fishing trips and, and just whatever real tree had going on and kind of be the PR guy and the host and, and stuff like that. So I got to a point where I thought, man, I, I want to be one of the guys behind the lens. Like it's great to be the host, it's great to be the PR guy, yeah. but I want to be the guy telling the stories. And so my wife and I just we saved up what we could. We said a bunch of prayers and we said, you know, let's let's try this. I, I would rather try something and go down swinging. And then find a mm-hmm. job doing something else, then they'd look back someday and say, man, what would have happened had I tried that? You know, right. I think to not follow your heart and, and not follow your passion is, is doing yourself a huge disservice. Yeah. Like you've got to oh, go absolutely. after it. You've got to go after yeah. it. Yep. Absolutely, man. It's, yeah. well, personally, it's making me so, so happy to hear this because I think, and you guys have this, this extensive portfolio. You guys are, you know, at, at the kind of, in my book, you know, at the top of a visual storytelling, right? And then you kind of, people will listen to this and they're going to be like, man, John and Caleb had that moment where, you know, they, you know, they weren't at the top of their game. They were just starting this. You know, everybody yeah. kind of starts from somewhere, you know? And yeah. but like you said, it takes a lot of faith and, and just going after it and saying, yeah. you know what, you know, whatever I see on, on Instagram or Facebook and stuff, it, it's not all, and realizing that it's not all going to be glamorous, that there isn't, a bi-monthly paycheck waiting for you. <laughs> That's right. You know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that you have to come to terms with before you mm-hmm. you become successful. You know, and I think a lot of people think that it's just kind of this door that you just open, you step in, you're like, sweet, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I can, you know, cash a paycheck every month, but 
usually the reality is they're going to open that door. They're going to step in and say, man, I got to hustle my butt off yeah. to try to even you get do. a paycheck. You <laughs> a, yeah. yeah, you had yeah. that epiphany where you realize like it, it can be feast or famine as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. but, but we just yeah. try to you know do good work and keep clients happy. And you never want to be a flash in the pan. We try to get clients to come back time and again. You know, And yep. that's achieved by going the extra mile and, and going above and beyond. You know, it's... Yeah. And a lot of guys have asked me over the years, like, you know, how do I be a full-time photographer? It's not because I had a million dollar bank account by no means. It's not because mm-hmm. I had five cameras and 25 lenses and this unlimited right. bankroll, you know, I mean, I started with one body, maybe a 51, eight, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe like a 70 to 200, you know, and, a, yeah. and one speed light. Yeah. And that was my kit for maybe two or three years. And I would just yeah. bank a little bit of money, a little bit of money, and then get a good lens, sell a lens, buy another, you know, and slowly yeah. build a kit. You know, yeah. it takes time. But you, I think there's sometimes there's this misconception that you have to just come out of the gate with all the latest and greatest gadgets and tools. And yeah. if you have that innate ability and you have the drive to make it happen, you know, it's a measure of what you put into it. You definitely reap what you sow. You know, mm-hmm. for yeah. me, it was, it was a slow process, but yeah, over the course of a decade, you just, you learn, you grow and, and you build a kit and you build a client base and you just keep working hard. And before you know it, it just kind of, it kind of becomes a self-sustaining, you know, mm-hmm. operation where the phone rings, you do good work. It just, it's a cyclical thing where you just stay busy and, and get after it. I think yeah, that and just to add to this and I, and I don't want to, maybe, maybe this is the leeway to the rabbit hole. I don't know, <laughs> but with, you know, with social media, there's this surreal lifestyle of, you know, just because, you know, we're on location or something like that, you right. know, all the time that, you know, there's this million dollars of gear sitting there. And, <laughs> no. and the one big miss that, you know, I would convey, and I know this podcast is a lot about creativity, but as it pertains to being a photographer is just business sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one plus one does not equal four. And yeah. you've yeah. got to yeah. be accountable for yourself, your family, and in our situation, our, our business, and the only way to stay afloat is to be a responsible business person. We've yeah. got to have business sense. And so that's really, you know, we talk about creativity. Creativity is a smidgen of the entire business process. Yep. I mean, it's maybe 10, 15 percent. Yeah. When you're, on, when you're on set, but the rest of the time, it's, you know, the accounting, it's the, it's the business development. It's, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's all the sales. little things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and putting all that together is is really tough. And and people think, well, I can just sign up for a free Instagram account or a free Facebook account, and I'll just get clients. Well, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> I wish it was like that. <laughs> it doesn't right. work like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so in our sense, yeah, I mean, I just going back to you know um, social media too. Like neither of us have Facebook. We we don't do that. We just have an Instagram account personally. And together is Grip Media. And to be honest, it's a small part of the business, but we don't yep. put a whole lot of effort into socially. You know, we could probably do a lot better. <laughs> There's yeah. probably room to we go. Could. But our, our, our business plan isn't around growing our social media following. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> In fact, I was just telling John this last week, I completely turned my Instagram account to private and deleted 500 followers. Like and a lot of it was just, you know, the crap that, you know, the, the bots and spam yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. A lot of it was that, but, 
But some of the other stuff that even the stuff that I followed, I'm like, do I, I, I don't need any of this for, for the drama or yeah. anything else in my life. Yeah. And how many times have I actually clicked on this account? Probably once. Right. So it, I don't need it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny. So yeah, it's, in, in our situation, we, we don't put that much stock into it. We respect it. We play in that field. But, you know, we put our resources into business development, client relationships, creativity, and doing what we do best. And John mentioned this earlier, staying in your lane. And, and that's kind of what we do. Yeah. But you're still no, on sure. MySpace, right, Caleb? Did yeah. Do, right? yeah. Yeah. MySpace right. is still on. He's still friends with Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my one friend. Yeah, that's that's huge because, you know, I, I we ran into the same, I wouldn't say a, a problem. It's not, well, maybe it is a problem that there is that misconception, right? But the biggest thing is when we went out to trade shows for the first time this year, and Body Shutter is actually not, you know, we're, we've only been in business for two years, and this is our third year. And people are like, yeah, you guys aren't really hitting the Instagram hard. Like, you know, you, you guys aren't really out there. And my response is, hey. The followers don't pay the bills. That's right. <laughs> Amen. The followers don't pay the bills and the brands that we work with do. And I'd rather pour my energy into creating assets for them so that they can grow their business rather than us worrying about, you know, our engagement rate and our follower growth and stuff yeah. like that. You know, that's just not Absolutely. the business that we're in. Absolutely. I mean, you can you can get lost in likes and followers and metrics and all this stuff, or you can be right. in the field telling compelling stories and creating great work for your clients. It it seems, and maybe I'm wrong, but it it seems like the folks that talk about photography the most, be it on Facebook or social media or or Instagram or whatever, the folks that Mm -hmm. talk about it the most are probably actually producing the least amount of work. I I would argue, you know, you know, we have a, a relatively, you know, meager following for grit because typically every week we're out in the field. You know, when you come home and you, and you turn around, you know, 500 to a thousand selects on a tight deadline and you get the invoice out, the last thing I want to do is, (laughs) is hashtag. I want to spend time with my wife and (laughs) go run my dog and, you know, maybe go do some personal work, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, the last thing we want to do is go down that, that rabbit hole of hashtag this and follow this. I mean, I'm in this for your creativity, telling great stories, not likes and follows, Mm -hmm. you know? So with that being said, you know, how is it balancing the work life for you two with your family lives? I mean, obviously you guys are both family men. And I ask this because for us, we have the seven people and when we're scheduling shoots and we're looking at our calendar, we don't, we try to take everybody's personal time into account too, right? It's not like everybody's like, Hey, you're going to go shoot here and here and here. It's like, Hey, Easter is coming up. You know, let's not schedule some stuff here. Oh, we know so-and-so has, you know, he needs time with his mom or, or wife during this time, let's schedule some clients around that. I mean, do you guys kind of do the same thing or how do you guys collaborate on that and, and keep that work-life balance in check? Yeah, we do. I think one of the biggest things it takes is definitely an understanding supportive spouse. We, mm-hmm. we both, let's give a shout out to our wives. They're, they're great. Um, they put up with a lot. You know, yeah. um, when I was just on my own, for, yeah, especially in Caleb's case, a lot. <laughs> a lot. God bless her. Yeah. When I was on, when it was just me for over a decade, you know, I, I would go anywhere, basically, whenever I would just follow the work, you know, and, and my right. wife was just awesome to support that and rally behind that. And, and so it definitely takes a, a supportive spouse for sure. You know, Caleb's case, he's got two young boys. And so we always say, you know, definitely family comes first. 
you know, we've got to work, we've got to eat. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just photography. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, I don't, I don't really define myself by just my photography. You know, for me, life involves faith and family and, and photography is a huge part of it, but yeah. it doesn't define me. You know, yep. I think if, without that balance, I think you'll just drive yourself crazy. Like you can't always be in, in production mode all the time. Yeah. It, it took me a while to learn that, but I'm grateful that uh, that light bulb finally went off. Like you have mm-hmm. to have balance. Yeah. You know, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I think, f- you know, John hit the nail on the head, especially for family time. I told my wife when, when getting into this, I said one of the main reasons, and because I traveled so much mm-hmm. uh, at Cabela's, it was it was travel and then come home right back into the office, which was really tough, especially on a big international international travel. I mean, you'd be right back in the office. There'd be no yeah. time home because you only have a set amount of days for vacation. Right. And so I told my wife, I said, listen, this is one of the things where you know, a few things happened a couple of years ago to me where, you know, life's perspective changed. I was in a terrible accident. I was running by a truck. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I knew I wasn't going to miss my boys' you know, soccer games. I needed to be there for those things because life just goes way too fast. And for me, it's a good mm-hmm. balance. And so it's when John and I, you know, get the call, you know, it's it's a matter of weighing the the time with our family and going yeah. on set and it's a good balance but work-life balance for me has never been better i mean and yeah. that makes me happier and that brings if i'm happy at work i'm happy at home yeah absolutely mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah it takes a uh, well you know it's 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 kind of hard to describe that that feeling of of freedom you know when you you know you're in charge of your relationship, uh, wholly in charge of your relationship with your family. And you say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be in charge of going to, to my kids' soccer games and seeing them every day. And, and, you know, b- being able to have the say in that, I think is a huge part of why you guys probably set out on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen just from a you know personal standpoint, a big difference in Caleb. Like I enjoyed being his vendor and, and working with him at Cabela's as you've probably got a sense of this already. He's part stand up comic. Like we have a great time working together. We keep it loose, but after his accident and after setting out on his own and then parting up with me, I definitely see a, a rebirth towards creativity a drive. And it's been cool to see that in Caleb. Like it's, it's, it's cool. It, it definitely has a great balance, a great perspective. He's grounded on just having that division between work and family time. It's been good to see that. So, you know, kind of segueing into that, how, what's the creative process like you guys when you approach a project? Well, I, I can, I know for me, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to build this epic yeah, response yeah. for you. <laughs> I know, you know, for, for me, for me personally, my, my approach has always been, and let's just use like a hunting photo shoot, for example, yeah, for sure. you know, a week or two before every shoot, I would go to Barnes and Noble and just have, you know, five or six cups of coffee and sit down with a giant stack of magazines, none of which would have anything to do with hunting or the outdoors. I would look at skateboarding, snowboarding, canoeing, kayaking travel, even like wedding magazines, fashion magazines, and just look at industries that, in in my opinion, were light years ahead of the hunting industry in terms of creativity and lighting and composition. And I just try to draw inspiration from anything I can. And so that's always helped me, you know. Caleb and I will always put together kind of a mood board, so will the client, but we, we look for inspiration everywhere. And it's rarely in the industry in which we're shooting. We try to draw from other resources, other industries, other avenues. 
there's maybe six or eight photographers whose work I really, I really admire. Yeah, and they're outside of the hunting industry. Now I study their work a lot and try to emulate what they do. And you know, even though I've been shooting for 15 years, there's always room to grow. We always want to feel like our, our best work is going to be that next shoot. You know, if you tell yourself you've arrived, you know, I've made it, I've learned everything there is to know, you're, you're fooling yourself. You can always find inspiration. The, the, you know, the glass is always half full. You can always find more inspiration. So yeah, we try to draw, like I said, inspiration from a lot of different places. And I think our styles are so closely paired together that it's pretty easy for us to get inspired before a shoot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much. Like once we get on set, we, we go hundred miles an hour. Like we're ready. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, you know, we complement each other. Well, John is, is very visually driven. I'm probably a a little bit more planning driven. Maybe. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the right word, but I like to plan stuff out and see how things are going to go just based on time. And John and I are very good about light in general, chasing light, capturing light. And so when we come together, especially, you know, it's that day before on set, John's usually got some swipes. I'll bring a couple to the table and we'll just, we'll just sit down and plan and coordinate and do pre-pro stuff uh, with and without the client. And Mm -hmm. once, you know, there's a, we can do all the planning in the world, but once we get on set, everything changes yeah. And so we've got mm-hmm. a good foundation just based on our experience, our backgrounds, and then being able to adjust on the fly. I mean, that's where yeah. our creativity shines is, you know, we'll come up with a plan. And if it doesn't fit, you know, we're, we're not afraid to say, okay, let's stop. Let's head another direction. You know, it's not going to ruin the shoot for us. It's, it's right. We're going to find a way through it or around it. And we're good. We're good at, you know, plan B, C through Z. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could call an audible when we need to, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's important. Yeah. You got you got to be flexible with or yeah. without the client on set. In our most recent sizzle reel, we say that we appreciate a long leash, you know, and we're fortunate to have clients that give us a long yeah. leash, you know, yeah. and I'm the kind of photographer where I could have this real structured shot list either on paper or you know, in my head. And I'll see like a shiny backlit leaf. And I'm like, oh man, look at that. Like we got to go shoot that light, you know? <laughs> squirrel. And, uh, yeah, yeah, squirrel. Oh, oh. yeah. Squirrel. And I'll see, I'll see Caleb kind of roll his eyes. But I think there's, <laughs> enough, there's enough respect between us where yeah, yeah. whether it happens to me or him, we just indulge each other. Like, hey, hey, go get that. Go do that. If you see yeah. something off script, get after it. Because yeah. sometimes that's the best stuff. Yeah. And, it's, and when that happens, it's usually, okay, what do you need from me? And neither of us, and I speak for myself, neither of us are above assisting each other, which is no. good. If, if anyone needs lighting or reflect or bounce, um, you know, we're right there and we're, we're sitting down and um, helping each other out. So, yeah. yeah, being able to, you know, stay on your toes and, and staying sharp is so, I think it's, it's really what projects you from being, you know, a, a good photographer to just a great businessman, businesswoman as well, right? It's like mm-hmm. the extra little things that you can do off script. Because, That's right. you know, sometimes they're, you know, the client has an expectation where, okay, you outline a shot list for them. But when you're able to capitalize on those moments that that you just didn't see coming or the clients didn't see coming, I think that's that true value add too, you know, and, and being able to execute, but not, you know, sacrifice what you have planned as well. Because mm-hmm. sure, that's you know, right. like you said, the leaf, the leaf is probably not on that shot list, but if you got the leaf shot and everything else, that is just, you know, 
the cherry on top for, for mm-hmm. the client. As yeah, well, it's, it's know? added value. Yeah, it's for sure. And, you know, you ask us specifically about creative process. One thing I'd like to add that it's cool about the two shooter approach with us that I found time and time again is if we're both shooting like the same, the same talent on the same set, same scene, you know, I'll run over, look at the back of his camera, like, Hey, what, what's your angle? Just make sure. So I make sure we're not duplicating effort, you know, and I'll see something. I'm like, man, why didn't I see that? You know, or and sometimes he'll look and at my person and be oh, like, yeah. Oh man, you know, happens all the, the cool time. Thing is, the cool thing is it's not going to be copyright John Hafner, copyright Caleb Boy. It's copyright grit. So it's like one of us gets it. It's it's not a like there's no envy, there's no competition. It's like, hey man, nice job. Like at a boy, good way to go. But deep down I might be like, why didn't I see that? But it doesn't matter. Like as long as one of us saw it. So we, we thrive on that, like kind of that joint. You know, it's not competition, but it, it's a motivator. For oh, both yeah, of for, sure. for sure. It, it definitely it keeps us going. Like, you know, you guys know this you're on set and there's always highs and lows there's lulls where you're like, okay, what's next? And sometimes you're forcing a shot, you know, and when you should probably just walk away and go do something different, but you force it. And I'm not one to walk away until I have the shot. And sometimes all it takes is like looking over at Caleb and saying, okay, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. Like, what are you doing? I'll look at his LCD and I'm like, Oh, cool. Okay, cool. I'll take that. I'll, I'll grab a different lens. I'll shoot it from over here, whatever. But just looking at what he's doing sometimes just kind of spurs me on to kind of wrap up that shot and get it and get it and do it well, you know? So it's just being nice to kind of push each other and encourage each other. Yeah, it keeps us it keeps us motivated. We I mean we self-motivate uh, very easily just with inspiration off each other. So and we self-medicate with coffee, lots of it. <laughs> yeah. Lots of coffee. Yeah. I think one of the things too we we always tell our clients is like, you know, we're we're not sensitive artists. Like we have thick skin, you know. Yeah. You can't be a photographer without business acumen to some degree. And part of that is just having thick skin. And we might be shooting what we think is the coolest stuff ever. And if it isn't on brand, if it doesn't fill that hole in that ad campaign, it's it's crap. It's completely useless. So we've had clients, we tell them all the time, like if we're running 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, just grab us, spin us around and point us the right way. You know, if, it, if it's not what you want, then we've failed. You know? Yeah, that's, that, you know, the thick skin is such a huge... I guess it could be a skill, I guess, but or trait, character trait. Yeah. Having that thick skin is so important in a creative industry because at the end of the day, everybody's work is subjective to whoever Very. looks at it. That's right? right. Yeah. I mean, your mom could love it and then your wife can say, hey, this is the my mom loves all my work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think everybody's mom is a, their number one fan of their work. But, you know, like, you know, client A or, you know, the art director can say, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And then, you know, whoever the brand manager is like, oh, you know, I, I disagree with the art director. This is complete crap. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But it's, it is something that, you know, I, I think more people should have or, or work on. You know, so there are some individuals that we've worked with that when you tell them, hey, you know, that's just not what we we're looking for or let's try it again. I mean, they are up in arms and they're like, why? Like, mm-hmm. I worked mm-hmm. so hard on the shot, but it's like, uh, you know, I'm not saying you didn't work hard, but maybe it's just not the right fit for what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And it, take, it takes think, time. Yeah. As, yeah. A, as an artist, I think, you know, there's this self-satisfaction of accomplishment and creativity. And, and once you think you've, you know, captured what's in your mind, you think you've got it. But ultimately, you know, and this goes back to our social media conversation. Do we, we don't do it for us. We're, we're not, we're here for the client. We're here for, you know, the general masses We're here for your brand manager, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not afraid to say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll redo it and we'll, we'll do it right the way you want to do it. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And that just takes yeah. time. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it actually happened to me this week with a client that will remain nameless. Um, good client, but <laughs> I, I shot their stuff last year. Actually, we, we both did last year, and they asked if I could shoot some stuff again this year for them. Caleb's in Nebraska this week, so we had to just kind of split this one up, and, and I shot some stuff this morning. And on the pre-production call, the client said, you know, we like what you guys did last year, but with the one set of apparel, like, it's just, it's not a good fit, like. And at first I was like, man, their critique is kind of shallow. Like, I don't really agree with what they're saying, but they're the clients. So Mm -hmm. be humble. Just yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. You know, get through it. And so I went back out today and I had to reshoot some stuff. And, you know, I'll humbly say that, you know, I had to do a reshoot for for some of the stuff. And and I've, it rarely happens, you know, Mm -hmm. but I had to do it and I did it with a smile and we ended up with some great stuff. So you know, I originally thought that what I delivered before on the first go around was was on brand. It was cool. I liked it. And the client was like, yeah, it's good, but it's not what we want. So, you know, back to square one and had to climb the mountain again, literally climb the mountain again today. And it was cold and it was raining and it was snowing. <laughs> I had a blast, man. It was fun, you know, yeah. try to just keep it a positive experience and, and realize that you can't take it personally. You know, the client wasn't yeah, being yeah. vindictive. They were yeah. just saying, okay, for this next campaign, we want you to do more of this kind of approach. Yeah. And it was a departure from what I expected them to, to want me to deliver, but it's okay. It's part of the process, man. It, it is what it is. Critiques aren't in general malice. I mean, they're, no. they really they really aren't. And I remember going through art school and we had to sit down as a fine artist and say, okay, the entire class is going to critique your work. And, and everybody's just like, what? Or you're gonna... And it was tough for, to get anybody to say anything because they're afraid to hurt someone else's feelings. But, I mean, that's the only way you get better is if you learn and move on and adjust. So, yeah. Yeah, we've learned time and again that, you know, feelings don't build a business, right? Feelings don't yeah. build brands. I mean, it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Unless you're in the porn business. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is a, a very important thing to, to have and, and to, you know, open up that dialogue on critiques, right? Because like you said, without that critiquing, without people saying things about your work, you're never going to know where you're going to improve on or where you can improve on for a client. And I think, yeah. you know, yeah. for me, you know, that lesson was learned, like you said, in school, right? When you're, you're fresh and you think, oh man, my, my work is like the greatest work. And I spent 20, 40, 50 hours on this one thing. And, yeah. you know, I, I was in architecture school and, and design school. And, mm-hmm. you know, we did the same thing. And I remember we had a, we have what's called juries where the professor's all, you know, sit down and line up on this huge mural of your work and you stand in front of them, you're dressed up and you start presenting your work. Right. And, you know, a lot of them will just trash you and they'll just say, this is the most miserable thing I've ever seen. You know, you call yourself a designer and, and, you know, some people just break down and they'll just cry. And, but, but these professors are doing it and they're like, what's your concept? You know, what's, why did you do this? And if you can't defend yourself, you know, Usually you'll just get torn apart. But if you can say, hey, you know, I appreciate what you said. I appreciate your critique. I think you're wrong. You know, that kind of starts to build some backbone where you yeah. you can start to articulate later on to clients, right? Hey, you know, hey, uh, I think what you said is valid, but here's why I think you should do X. And I right. think that dialogue is actually much appreciated in our world, right? right. A lot of clients don't want, just want yes men. They want people to talk to and, and bounce ideas off of instead of someone that just sits there and they're like, oh yeah, that's great, man. That's great. Oh, I love it. I love that idea. I love right. it. I love it. And then 
you know, you, you deliver something subpar and then suddenly they're like, hey, you told me that this was a great idea. Why didn't you, you know, why didn't you advise me otherwise? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good point. I mean, a, a successful production is definitely a team effort. It's definitely collaborates. It yeah. It's great to work with clients that have a, a strong sense of who they are, a strong mm-hmm. identity, not only individually, but also from a brand perspective. Like they, they know what their brand embodies. They know where it is, where they want it to go. And when they mm-hmm. trust you to be the guys to deliver that look, it's yeah. a it's a powerful deal, man. It's it's great to be part of those kind of collaborations with clients that just really have that solid grounding in who they are and what their brand embodies. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. our job easier. It makes it more fun. It's more enjoyable. You know, it's we just we thrive on collaboration. We love to work with companies that get it, as well as other photographer and videographers. I mean, that's that's we've been doing that recently here too. Is brought in another videographer, a couple of videographers to work on some projects. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun to see their vision and their creative mm-hmm. process. And yep. We were talking with a, a marketing consultant recently about helping us with like a, a different kind of online presence and maybe mm-hmm. advertising in some print books and like taking like a more agency type direct mail, you know, marketing yeah. approach. And she asked us like, what's your elevator speech? Like if, you know, meaning if you, if you have like a minute with someone in an elevator, how do you convey who you are, what you stand for, you know? And it's important, man. It's important to know as a creative, just concretely and concisely who you are, what you stand for, because when you can do that, you instill confidence in yourself. The client senses that confidence and that just opens the door to a, to a really strong partnership. So I would say that Caleb and I definitely do not have an identity crisis. We, we're, we have a super solid grounding in who we are as people, as creatives. And part of that's just, you know, age and experience and, and, and just having a grounding and, and again, getting back to being, being confident, not being cocky, just being, mm. you know, confidence is contagious in, in, in this industry for sure. Yeah. 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 So it's optimism you know, and positivity, which we try yeah. and yep. we try and bring that to each set. Yeah, I think knowing who you are, and like you said, John, there's a huge difference between cocky and confident. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I think having confidence is also having the you know the ability to say I don't know this, or yeah. hey, I'm not the best person for the job. Right. You know, I think that's confidence too. Some people might see it as weakness, but no, that's confidence because you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know what you can do and what you can't. And right. I think that sometimes people will just say, Oh yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Or yeah, you know, I'm an expert in this and they're not. And that actually ends up hurting them. In the yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. I remember when I just started freelancing, one of the first questions a wise businessman asked me, he's like, what are the three things you'll say no to? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what, what, well, I don't get it. What? <laughs> and so it took me, it took me a year to, to figure it out. It really did. And that just comes with time and mm-hmm. maturing your business acumen and, and mm-hmm. building, you know, character and, and trust with clients. So it's, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we, having a great support system. I mean, that's half of it is at home, half of it's with your business partner. Right. I'll just add this. You know, we've each of us have mentioned business savvy, business acumen. You know, neither Caleb nor I has a, a business degree. You know, I have a, mm-hmm. I have a degree in psych with a minor in communications, a master's in journalism. He's a fine art guy. You know, <laughs> so for me, the whole basis of building a business it, it's twofold. It's you know having self control financially. And if you don't have it, don't spend it. You know, yep. if there's a shiny new lens or camera that I just have to have because I buy into the marketing hype, 
there's going to be another one a year from now or six months yeah. from now or whenever. There's always going to be something else, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been able to, to stay in the black because if, if I don't have the money, I just simply don't spend it. Yep. It's common and sense and self-control really. Yeah. yeah. I just read an article about consumables and it's, it's funny because, you know, as we talk about photographers, I think photographers are one of the worst. <laughs> and a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with, you know, camera companies too, pushing the products and, yep. mm-hmm. and I have the reason, and, and I, I don't want to get into the dark hole of, you know, what camera you should be shooting, but man, when I was shooting Sony for a while, it seemed like they were coming out with a camera every six months. Yep. And I was like, I can't, no, there's, I want that feature, but why do I have to upgrade six months from now? Right. And it shouldn't have been like that. And so going back to John's comment earlier, just, you know, we, we, we find what works for us and, you know, we don't chase the next best thing. So, no. I mean, Andy, have you ever had a client say, okay, what, what gear are you guys going to produce this with? Like, has anybody ever asking that? I've never <laughs> Actually, been asked that. A funny story. So <laughs> it's fun. It's funny because yes, the answer to that is, is yes. Really? And we, and we okay. tell them and they're like, well, do you guys charge more? And it's like, no, because it's just gear. You know, yeah. like we don't, you know, it's what we work with is what we work with. Yeah. Doesn't okay. affect, you know, if, of course, like if they ask for a very technical reason, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, we sure. have a shoot coming up that they have to get slow-mo of a projectile. Obviously you need to tell them, Hey, well, we're going to achieve it with, you know, this and this and this, and, you know, we're going to shoot it with a red camera. You know, then it's, it's validated of why they're asking you. Right. But I think sure. it's videos different than just stills. Yeah, sure. Sure. But yeah. when they're like, hey, man, are you going to bring out the red camera? It's like, um, why? We're shooting in 24p. Like, yeah. Why would we bring it out? It's show and tell at that point. Oh, well, well that's exactly it. Yeah. Right? It's because yeah. now they want to be able to market that they're using big boy equipment. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's like all the cool kids have a all red. All the cool right? kids are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. To, you know, even before then, um, I used to shoot just, just straight 35 millimeter film when I, I worked for an agency. And for three years, that's what I shot on. And finally, the art director was like, dude, you're killing me with these lead times on, you know, on your prints. Scanning Please just get a digital camera. Please (laughs) just get a digital camera, you know. And so, like, then you kind of progress like that. But I think when you're just getting the shiniest new camera just to get it so that you can, like, you know, say, oh, oh, like, this is the specs on it. And this is what what Mm -hmm. I got to work with. It's like, why don't you just concentrate on the basics the foundations, you know, concentrate yeah. on the composition and stuff like that instead of yeah. if you have Wi-Fi in your camera or not, you know? Like, <laughs> right. That's a I, whole I, another rabbit hole we can go. We it, can it, go it, I'll just, I'll end it with this. I recently sold a stock, but okay, and I both have a pretty, pretty good stock deal on the side with, you know, wildlife and lifestyle mm-hmm. imagery. And, and I recently sold a wildlife photo to a national magazine, uh, two-page spread from like, I think it was just like a 6.3 megapixel file from like, yeah you know, 10, 12 years ago. <laughs> and <That's awesome. laughs> the clients, their, their first comment was, well, do you have a bigger version of it? And I think sometimes clients think we just carry like six cameras around our neck right. from, you know, 10 to 40 megapixels. And I'm like, no, I think it, it's fine. You know, and they were going to use it and then they finally decided to, and it looks, it looks fine. And it's a two page spread in a magazine. It looks great. You know, yeah. six, six megapixel file. Yeah. So we can't get yeah. hung up on, I mean, obviously you want to have current gear and, but um, glass is way more important to me than, than the camera. One thing I don't think a lot of people know that, you know, well, maybe they do. I don't, I don't know if, if they follow us, but John and I both shoot Fujifilm. We're ambassadors for Fujifilm. Yep. And we shoot APS-C sensors 
on mm-hmm. the majority of our high action, high energy shoots. When mm-hmm. it's time, we do have medium format cameras and yep. we are shooting medium format. But, you know, everybody gets into, well, I've got to have full frame. You know, yeah. it's got to be full frame. Well, what, it's like, why? Why, why, do you, why, do you why do you need full frame? frame? Yeah, Just because, you, because you can yeah. because you can tell everybody on Instagram that you're shooting full frame. It gets more MPXs. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. 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 I've never had a publication ask, well, was that shot on a full frame or what? No. No. No yeah. client has will, will ever know. And and so it, it has nothing to do with about the camera. It has everything to do with spending time about being creative, composition, lighting. Yep. Yeah. Spending your time and money where it counts. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And it's funny because um I think there's kind of this misconception of of resolution and all these different specs make a, a good quality image, right? I mean, mm-hmm. prime example is we we were shooting a TV show for Discovery, and they were so adamant about us shooting the entire thing on 4K. And we're like, guys, literally, you're going to compress this thing down to HD, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Like, this is going to just up the, the post-production fee and all the lead times mm-hmm. just because you want to say that we shot in 4K? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I can go on a whole tangent on that. <laughs> sure. But yeah, so you know, I, I kinda wanna rewind a little bit and, and talk about that creative leash, right? Do you guys when you guys have a long leash, I, I'm sure that you guys just kind of unleash and kind of do your thing, but have there been situations where you have a really short leash? Mm, that's a that's a good question. I don't know. We've been really fortunate yeah. to work with some clients who bring you know, pre-production to the table and say, okay, here stylistically, here's what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. But when we get on set, you know, we, we trust you to, to check the boxes of the product we're hitting, but I don't know if we've had, I don't think we have a yeah, really I mean, short leash. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, there's shots we've had to get, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's probably as close as it's come and correct me if I'm wrong, John. No, I don't think so. I'm thinking back on recent commission shoots and yeah, each client has shown up with, you know, a, a deck, a mood board, whatever you want to call it with, with reference imagery or perhaps images from the previous year's campaign or a previous shoot to show the brand mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had anybody that's really, you know, scrutinized or, or kept us in, in little compartments. You know, we've, right. one of the things that I think we, we do a good job of, of doing is keeping the client engaged on set. So before we leave a shot, each of us will kind of grab the art director or the marketing director, whoever's on set with us, and kind of play back on camera. We rarely shoot tethered. I mean, just the nature of what we shoot, you can't tether in the woods or in a tree stand or a a bass boat or whatever. Have one of those big rolling carts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We do work with Digitex frequently, but we're not tethered, you know. But I think what we're, we're good at is having the client look over our shoulder. We'll say, look, at any point, you want to stop us and play back and look at these images, just grab the camera. Like it's, it's our job to capture it. It's your job to sign off on it before we go on to the next shot, you know? And so we're good at keeping the client engaged. We, we like the feedback might be once every, you know, hour, half hour, whatever the, the pace dictates, but we're quick to get client feedback. And so I think that helps keep that leash long. You know, they see, they see us getting the shots. They trust us. It keeps that momentum going, but we've, I would say we've never had a client really put us on a, a choker chain or a short leash, you know, it's, it's been pretty good. And whether it's, they trust our, us by reputation or experience or just, you know, seeing 
past work that we've done, whatever the case might be, they've trusted us to just take their vision and execute it. Yeah. And I, I would add, you know, engaging either the art director or brand manager on set is twofold mm-hmm. on not only signing off right then and there and, and making sure that we're on track, um, but right. also, you know, to, to ensure that there isn't something that's said, you know, two weeks from now that says, well, you didn't get the shot, you know, and, and right. we may yeah. have had that happen before. And that's just, yep. you know, you learn by experience. And probably more so in the corporate world than yeah. <laughs> than than really on set on, in a creative job, but you know, it, it's really twofold to engaging the the art director on set. So I mean, in that too, that you know they've vested so much time in the office. A lot of times, those guys want to be out there and they, they want to be involved too, and that helps build the client relationship, yeah, strengthen it even further. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I that think you mentioned huge. Yeah, excuse me. I think you mentioned earlier something about, you know, having an art director and a creative director have like opposing opinions and things. Mm-hmm. And there's a point, I think, of diminishing return where if you have too many people on set, <laughs> oh, yeah. too many bosses, you know, you <laughs> too can many cooks to, in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah it, it, it definitely delays progress and, and halts the, the creative process. So, you know, we like to do shoots where there's there's maybe two or three people on the client side, you know, a team of maybe, you know, four or five, six people. It's kind of a, a good creative nucleus for kind of how we work, you know. But it's, it's definitely, like to Caleb's point, we always say, like, you know, just really take a look at this. Like, make sure a month from now, like when you guys go to press, like, you're going to love that image. It's important to make them think, not only is it cool now, it's, it might be cool because you're in Montana, you've never been here before, you're on a mountain, we just saw an elk, whatever, you know, like, you're in the moment, but really take a look at what we captured. Make sure that it's going to not only please you and your boss and his boss, but everybody on the team, you know? Yeah, that's that's very important. And, and you know, even for my guys when they're out in the field, it's like, guys, you have to remember that we need to help whoever we're working with, with their job, right? Because at the end of the day, like you said, they have a boss. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they're in the office, in the trenches, batting for more budget. And they're they're the That's ones right. that, you know, they're on the line, right? If if we don't get a shot for them, that guy has to go back to his boss and say, hey, so you know that shoot we had last weekend, you know, we couldn't get that or something happened. Yeah. Um, so I think just kind of helping the person that you're collaborating with make their jobs easier like you said just help, really helps build that trust right that they know you're going to communicate with them they know that you're going to do your best to make their lives easier on set as well as in the office that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yep so caleb this is more of a question for you but how has it been transitioning from cabela's to working with john now you know especially because you guys had the relationship of client and photographer and now you guys are business partners he's no yeah. longer my boss <laughs> I, can't <say> <laughs> I can't tell so i try, I try to boss him it doesn't yeah. work anymore no. <laughs> no i don't know if i really felt like i guess from a client perspective you know i i never really treated any of the photographers and i've worked with multiple photographers and that's how i really got my start into photography is being an art director, graphic designer to art director to brand manager. And and I was directing photographers on set to storyboard, to getting the exact shot and, and really being the end client mm-hmm. taught me etiquette and etiquette on set to work with clients. Right. And, and so I don't know if my relationship with John has changed per se, because I did learn a lot from him mm-hmm. when he was working for me. And so that's been really, really helpful as a teacher, as a leader in the field, 
and as one of you know one of the greatest outdoor photographers that's been around. So I've had the pleasure of working with very contrasting people. And so being able to take a little bit of everything and build that into how I approach with clients on set now is, is really the way is, is, is how I've transitioned. But it's been, it's been interesting. I mean, it's, I will tell you, it's a lot more fun. Um, we talk about pressure, you know, John and I talk about pressure of getting the shot and I don't know if the pressure is the same from a creative standpoint to, Right. Okay, I'm just in the office. I just want to get out. <laughs> and and my job was very different. There's no other job in the world like it to where I traveled quite a bit and I was creative. But being able to pick up a lot of that, those idiosyncrasies, you know, those characteristics from a lot of the guys that I worked with, especially John for one of the longest periods of time, and being able to apply that to grip media now has been good. I remember telling Caleb early on in our collaboration that it's it's going to be you know it's sink or swim and it's on us you know there's yeah. we mentioned you know steady paychecks at the beginning of the podcast and I told him I said if you want to do this like it's I, I said I know you know this but you never really like firsthand experienced this before like it's sink or swim it's it's on us to provide pay our bills to feed our families and I think he's grown to really thrive on that like he as much as I do I, I, I've been doing this a long time but I still love the the control and the responsibility like and it's on me to land that next gig to find that next client to make that next proposal you know and we love to pitch ideas and you know we don't always get awarded the shoots but we, we send proposals out every week we're always talking to clients and asking how we can be proactive and get ahead and how can we help you and I think he's he's come to love that part of the, of the job as much mm-hmm. as I do mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot yeah, of the clients I wish that Phil was on here because <laughs> I think, um, yeah. you know, when Phil and I, when I brought Phil on as my partner, you know, we kind of had that talk too. You know, we were yeah. sitting in a bar and I said, "Hey, man, I'm going to pitch you something, and it's I'm going to ask you to be my partner in this, and it's it's not going to be all fun and games. There's going to be days where we can't pay ourselves because we have to pay the guys that were working for us, or or we have to, you know." Yeah. We have to put more money into marketing our, ourselves or we have to, you know, shell out money for X, Y, Z. It's not going to be glamorous and you have to have that that expectation that you, we are going to be solely in charge of our own destiny. And, and no one, yeah. if we slack off, if we take a couple of days off, that's on us. That's right. You know, Tunnel vision focus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For yep. sure. So, you know, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, guys. I know you guys are busy. Um, but we always kind of end the, we've been ending the podcast on a consistent question to all of our guests, because I think at the end of each season, we're going to take everybody's answer and, and put it into one big episode to cool. see the the answers to this question. And it is, if you could go back in time and talk to a younger John or Caleb, it could be the John and Caleb from a year ago before you started Grit. It could be 10 year old John, you know, what would you tell them? John, I wow. guess we can go first. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good, good question. How, wait, how old were you 10 years ago? <laughs> no, no I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. You're not that hey, old. Hey, we're all getting older. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, it's a really good question, man. And you know, I've never been asked that. I, I would, I mean, a number of things come to mind. I, I think one of the biggest things would be just if I were, if I were to ask the John of, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, w- I would say just slow down a little bit. You know, just enjoy, enjoy the ride. Like the work is going to come. Don't, you know, when I started out, I was, 
I've never been shy, but I was maybe not as aggressive in going after work as I am now. And I think you just get that, you get that with experience, but I was really, really driven. Like I wasn't scared to fail, but I just, I did not sit still, man, for like, you know, a decade. And Caleb can attest, like I would, <laughs> I'd get back from like a New Zealand Cabela shoot and I'd be in Alaska the next day. Like it was just go, 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 you know, um, supportive life, you know, I'm super grateful for her support. Um, but yeah, I think I would just tell myself like, man, just enjoy the building of the business before it becomes like whatever my definition of a successful business was 10 years ago. Like it's going to happen, man. Just enjoy the process, enjoy the relationships, enjoy the destinations. You know, I can remember a few shoots, like looking back where, you know, truth be told, it was a little more than a job and, and I'm there and I'm gone, whatever, you know, I'm always thinking ahead, like, what's the next mountain I can climb? Like, when am I going back to Africa? I, I've been to Africa 12 times. I, I want to move there someday. Yeah, I love it. But not every shoot's going to be in, in Namibia. Not every shoot's going to be in Alaska, you know? And so I would just tell myself to like, enjoy the, the small productions as well as the big ones and just enjoy the process of, of learning and growing and building a business and, and don't get caught up with gear and, and, you know, money and, and things like that. Just, just enjoy the ride. It's, I'm at a point now in life where I, I joke with the clients, like, man, it's just photography. Like if we're not having fun, then shame on us. We're doing something wrong. Like it's, it's an absolute blessing to do what we do. I mean, we get paid to carry cameras around the globe. You never just stop and think about that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I you mean, know, we, yeah, it's, it's um, something. Some that people work to just to carry a camera on their yeah, neck. You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I just think, you know, God has opened up some amazing doors. I just want to keep running through those doors, you know. But I would tell a younger version of myself to just just relax, just have fun. Like, you're going to get there. Don't don't be envious of anybody. Like, look at other people's work and, and try to emulate it, be inspired. Never be jealous. There's a lot of talented people out there. As a community of outdoor photographers, we should encourage each other. We should we should help each other thrive and grow and, and always challenge ourselves to just, like I said before, just treat your next shoot as your best work ever. You know, just enjoy the process. Enjoy the creative process. Nice. Yeah. Caleb, what about yourself? Hmm. You know, I think mine would be, it would be, would actually be quite similar. And in my experience is a little bit different. But I have been able to travel to some amazing countries, to almost every continent. And some of the things that I remember most aren't the times when I've documented with a camera, but when I've tried a certain kind of food or new food or wine or beer or met a new friend and became lifelong friends with them or follow up, you know, through some sort of email messaging or WhatsApp or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes we take for granted just because it's a work scenario, especially when I was with a large corporation doing these, taking a lot of people, hosting a lot of people in different countries, you know, I was in the field, you know, hundred plus days a year. And sometimes it's just like, okay, just let's stop and just smell yeah. the roses. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk over here to some, pick up a, you know, a, a random jar of honey and bring it back to the States. I imported some sausages from Austria when John and I yeah. were there. Yeah, and I still, I still think about those damn sausages to this day. <laughs> I, it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I yeah. remember I remember little things like, you know, John and I sitting on top of a mountain 
shooting marmots with the two, two, three. And, 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 you know, it wasn't about the camera or the work or, you know, f- figuring out uh, where the next paycheck was going to be, but also the work-life balance too. Cause that's, that's pretty important to me and my family and especially my kids. And I felt like, you know, there's a time period where I missed out on, on maybe my kids and, and my kids are young. They're six and three and they're both boys. So they're active and and I want to be a, and as a, a father who is showing them, you know, how to grow up, I need to be highly involved not only from a faith perspective, but, you know, work perspective, being involved in the community and being a good husband. And so it's a good balance of all of that. So it's not chasing, you know, going back to our comment, it's not chasing fame or likes or dollar bills. You know, it's it's treating photography as a gift, but still being very aggressive. And it's what we're here to do. But also, you know, it, it, treating it as a not work, you know, it's not work to me. It's, it's fun, but right. we treat it like a business. <laughs> so <laughs> we do. I mean, I, I have no other marketable skills. I mean, I was put here to take pictures, <laughs> so that's, that, that's a given, but yeah, we always joke with our clients like, Hey, are you guys nervous? Cause we are super nervous. I don't, I don't know like, what to do with my hands. I hope, I hope we can pull this off. Like I'm this is my first time with a camera. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, really? <laughs> no, we're not nervous. Like let's go have fun. You know, whatever. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll so, joke, you know, we'll keep, you know, it's, it, it's funny. We kind of joke more often now on set than we did probably previously. And we, yeah. part of that was just kind of figuring our own way out, especially the collaboration. But, you know, John will look over at me and say, you know, what, Hey, what F stop should I use? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know it's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, it, the client kind of looks over like, huh? <laughs> and they'll know yeah. we're joking, but yeah. To keep work lighthearted and still deliver, because there's a, there's a great sense of responsibility with creativity. That's yeah. important to us. So. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, we're, we feel like we're providing, a, you know, obviously a good, but also a service. Mm-hmm. So the, the service aspect of it has to be fun, has to be light, yep. you know, has to be on task. Absolutely. Yeah. But you have to, you as well as the client have to enjoy the process. Yeah. You got to enjoy the journey. The yeah. only other thing I would add would be limit five farts per day. Five. Why is five the magic number? I'm curious as to why five. Because 15 was too many. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, guys. Well, Um, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy lives to get on the show with us. Thanks. Um, Obviously, we are going to follow you guys extensively on your your adventures and, and keep our eyes open for the stuff that you guys produce. Obviously, at Muddy Shutter, we're extreme fans of your work so i say you know likewise, keep up, yeah. Yeah, keep likewise, up everything man. you guys are doing thank you you guys are really an inspiration to a lot of guys out there well you know whether you know it or not thank you from your work ethic to your portfolio to just being all around good dudes uh, you know just thank you for you know being on the show and yeah, thanks, thanks for having for, us yeah thank yeah. you appreciate awesome. the chance to, to chat with you really do yeah. thank you talk shop it was fun to not just talk about one subject matter and just uh being creative so that was yeah, it was fun Next time we can expound upon the uh, the woes of social media. I'd be all about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be a part two. Let me talk. <laughs> Two-hour <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. 
Thanks again for joining on today's episode of the Burning Creative Podcast. Don't forget to show us some love by sharing, subscribing, and following along on our website, theburningcreative.com. Until next time, keep the fire burning.